you are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Challenging, a new podcast by Shelter, reflecting on an ambitious and life-changing service run with Birmingham Changing Futures Together that helped people with multiple and complex needs out of homelessness. We are so pleased to bring you a very special episode of Challenging with a very special guest. Musician Pete Williams, formerly of Dexie's Midnight Runners, has supported Shelter for many years. He knows what it's like to lose friends to substance misuse, and he's felt a close affinity to the work that we do, helping people experiencing homelessness. The reason Pete is featured on the podcast is not just because he's a Birmingham local or a friend of Shelter. Walking down the road, I feel this heavy load. It's weighing on my soul on this sunny afternoon, sunny brummy afternoon. Pete has written a beautiful new single called Road, and he's kindly donating the proceeds to Shelter. Our very own former peer mentor Lee, who many of you will be familiar with as the host of the podcast series, interviewed Pete recently, and his first question was, what influenced you to write the song Road? Uh, the amount of rough sleepers, like in, in every kind of alcove, there was people on in, in damp sleeping bags, and I was approached. Seemed to be every every so many yards, and I and I help, and I always have helped where I can. Some, if I've got some change in my pocket, and trying and always say get something to eat, you know, and, or uh, you know try and help. Just a very human kind of thing. Just just, but it really struck me for some reason that day. Um, it really struck me. I mean, I'd, I'd, I was aware of Shelter and what they do, and, I, and I've been involved with, with uh, I've been asked to sing at their Christmas carol thing, which I've done a couple of times, for what it's worth. And, and you know, and I know some of the guys in the, the choir with no name, which is really good, and I've got to meet, you know, at that I met Alison and I met Vicky Hines at the Birmingham Hub, and they're good people and all that. But really, they, this song was about, it struck me just, the different story. I spoke to some people, the servicemen, this uh, guy that had a stroke that, that struggled to get through that. All the different, all the different things uh, and all the stories that are behind all these people that, that so many people just walk past. And it started to kind of, you know, I started out, it was a bright day and, and just seeing the amount of people that weren't going to be like me, that were, that were going to be asleep without a roof over their head and the weather was turning nasty and winter was drawing in, it started to weigh heavy on me, you know, and, and, not what, and, and us, what, what can we practically do? And, um, you know, I'm a musician what, what, and... Uh, what, what do you think this particular day, Pete? I mean, you've lived in Birmingham all your life. I mean, what, what I know. struck it home that day? I wish I could tell you, Lee. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just like, um, you know, it, Birmingham's at, and my neighbourhood, Bearwood, there, there's plenty of rough sleepers and, and people that you see on the streets. And, um, uh, but I don't know. I don't know what it was. It kind of, it, well, it affected funny. me, you know. You mentioned that, so like I said, I've been listening to some of your tracks. And um, so I was listening to uh, a track called Twice Around the Bend. And it says, I think, too much, and I'm lonely, I'll go crazy. Do we exist? Or is it all a dream? I mean, what I'd like to say, what I try to do, is to strive for simplicity. Mm. In, in great art and great music, 
is to strive for simplicity. And I think that this song Road is, and, and Twice Around the Bend is, in a way, it's pondering, you know, and it's things that you can't affect. Do we exist? You know, is it all just a dream? You know, um, that starts with, um, it's anything, you know, a rock could hit the planet like like it did before. Anytime an asteroid could hit the planet and we'd all be mm. dust anyway, you know, it's all that's but it's yeah. completely out of our hands. I think complicated's everywhere, Lee, especially in music. And, and in, you know, you can do the most complex or, you you, you know, when you learn an instrument, I, I'm, I'm, I know all the chords, I know millions of chords. That don't matter, man, that don't matter. Mm. Or, you know, I'm so literate, I've read so many books, I can write great lyrics. No, it's, it's, it's direct from one human soul to another. If you can move somebody that way, and that's usually, that's usually, um, you know, I do strive. It has been said I'm quite a simple fellow myself, you know, which I take as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> simple, the better. <laughs> yeah, I think so. For example, without being too arty-farty about it, Pablo Picasso, the painter, it took him 25 years to, to be able to paint figuratively, to understand the laws of perspective and colour, and to paint, some, paint a landscape that's almost like the real thing. But then it took him another 20 years to pull that apart and express that in a couple of brush strokes. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That, or, yeah. that, that a child can understand. That, that, and all that learning, all that kind of study, sometimes it's to for, pull that apart and go to the most direct and simplest way. And that's what I strive to do. In, in music, really. I get exactly what you're saying. It's funny you should mention things like simplicity because the lead worker peer mentor project that I worked on, um, so the, the idea behind it was let's employ people with lived experience to work with those experiencing multiple and complex needs. So in itself, that is a very simplistic approach, isn't it? And it's like, well, that's the issue because people don't engage, they've got mistrust, they've got trauma, here's the fix. So, I mean, what, what do you actually think about utilising lived experience in support work? I think that's absolutely, you've hit the nail on the head. You've described that better than I did using, with, with music. Of course, it makes, makes sense that people that have lived through it, it's direct and it's simple and it's, and it's, and it's getting results. I mean, I listened to the previous podcast uh, and, uh, and it, it, it's, it's such a simple but effective idea, it seems to me. Um, you know, rather than, you know, somebody that's, that's, that's lived it is so much more, more valuable than a stranger coming up to you that might, might have a degree in social work or something like that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, everything tells me that that's going to be more effective. And if people can relate to other people, you know, mm. that's everything, really. I think there's no better way than to get to know somebody. I mean, basically, I guess, and I'm only guessing, you know, that, that music rarely and writing songs is kind of bearing your soul, isn't it? And kind of putting out there your own feelings and thoughts, you know, some, some deeper, some, some, uh, some a bit jolly. But, but I was listening, again, I listened to the, the Roughneck Roast about it, and there was a lyric in there saying, I remember when times got bad and you were the only friend I ever had. So does that kind of, I mean, obviously the, you wrote this song some time ago now. And it, That's right. Wearing platforms at your wedding. So I'm just thinking, you're saying there about when times got bad. I mean, can you recall what was going on for you at that time yourself? And well, that song, that song you mentioned, Roughnecks and Rousebats, 
is written as a kind of a love-hate letter to my relationship with booze over the years. Okay. So where did we meet, my sweet? Let's count the summers that my lips and your slender neck did meet. That's the neck of a bottle, I'm talking Okay, about. makes sense now, yeah. And when I say, uh, how did we meet my sweets at a, at a wedding reception, I got platform shoes upon my feet, was when I was about 12 at my cousin's wedding, <laughs> and, I, and, I got, and I slugged a load of brandy back, and it made me really ill. That was, and then it was, oh, I'll never drink again. You know, it was, it was just that thing to do. I didn't realize what I was doing. Um, but that's what it's, it's about. It's about that. It's about my relationship with booze over the years, but it's written as like it's to a person in a way, you know, my sweets, like booze is sweet, sweet wine or, or, or stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. I don't have an addictive personality. I've been around, uh, I've been around a lot, a lot, if you know <laughs> what I mean. And, uh, and I've lost friends and all that. And, um, you know, uh, traveled a lot and stuff but uh thankfully i don't have that that thing I, if, I, if i get too hammered i'll lay off it you know there was another line in uh, holland so far so good and i thought i could drink me an ocean <laughs> so i guess that's uh, to, to drink as well i guess does it well that's that's like as a young man i used to say yes to everything you know that song's about so far so good mm. you know i'm i'm still here a lot of people I've known aren't, and um, you know, so far so good, and I, and I cling on to that really. Uh, we, yeah, we had you've done your emails. research, Lee. You've really yeah, yeah. kind of looked in. <laughs> well, we, we we had a few emails to and fro in before this, and uh, you kind of mentioned as well. You used to go to was it the Rendezvous Cafe, and you was avoiding your own tenancy at the time. So I don't know just talk us through that a little bit. What that was like. Well, that was, that was, you say, you mentioned that song, um, Roughnecks and Rouseabouts, and at times it felt like you were the only friend I had. I'm speaking to booze then because I just used to kind of lose myself in oblivion. Uh, and it's, that, was, that was about when I was 22 and I had a flat um, on the outskirts of Birmingham. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were rats and mice used to live in the wall. There was all kinds of stuff going on in the house. A, you could get kind of... It was a house that you could get pretty much anything you wanted, really. If yeah. Services or substances. It's turned <laughs> out after I moved in there, if you know what I mean. And, uh, but it was mostly, uh, it, was, it was the rats and the mice that, that lived in the, in the walls. And, and at night, they'd scurry around my floor and stuff. And uh, so I just used to, you know, um, I used to just used to walk down and spend nights in there. There was an all-night cafe. At the, uh, at the bottom of Broad Street, it's called the Rendezvous Caf. Um, and, and I used to go in there, take, find a paper, do a crossword, and just, just that was more preferable than being back in my flat with the rats and the mice mm. keeping me awake. I spent hours in the, in the library. The library was a refuge for me as well, the, Birmingham, the old uh, Birmingham Library, because it was warm and I, and I could read and lose myself in there. And that, that's what I used to do, and I'd try and write. I'd just got, I'd, formed a band then my band was called these tender virtues and i was writing furiously trying to kind of trying to find my voice as a as a writer you know previous to that i was a bass player in, in dex's midnight runners and, and a band called the bureau after that but um so yeah it was it was a kind of a miserable time really you know at one hand i thought oh this is i've got a, i've got a flat i've left home and i've got my flat here and uh, 
you know, the world's my oyster and all that stuff. But really the reality of it was just like a kind of little one bar, one ring cooker. And uh, the final stroke, and I didn't want to kill the rats or mice. I, I don't want to kill all the living things really, if I can help it. But the final straw was I came back one night from, from the calf uh, and the, the, let's see how nearly swore then, he still, uh, still, gets, still gets to me. <laughs> the bloody mouse had, had eaten through the sole of one of my favourite pair, well, my second pair of shoes. I only had two <laughs> pairs of shoes at the time. It through the bloody sole. So it's straight to the ironmonger's shop that used to be in Bearwood. And I got a little nipper mousetrap. And sure yeah. enough, it didn't stop them. The rat, there was still plenty. Of, but there was one that was the poor thing that had its neck broken underneath, underneath my bed when I got up. Well, they talk in music, they say you should have soul. I guess that mice or rat had a bit of soul. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got, and then I went off booze a bit. And I used to smoke a little bit and I'd get bits of beer, get high, see if some mates occasionally get high and all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that you do as a young man, you know, especially then in the, uh, you know, mid 80s, you know. Um, but the, the thing. That, that is all, the one constant that's always kind of been with me and has always kind of kept me grounded in a way. Grounded isn't the right word because it, make, it, it makes my imagination soar and all that. Is music, really. You're 60 now and, and looking great on it. I wouldn't mind if I'm 60 feet, that's for sure. But I mean, so, and, and, and again, like a born and bred Brummie, so have you... Mm noticed over you know those 60 years of, of any real change when it comes to homelessness and, and deprivation within our city has it got better has it got worse has it, has it stayed the same as far as i can see lee has got worse it's the worst i've ever seen it as, uh, in my memory there was as a kid you'd see people Usually, kind of, I guess you kind of damage sex servicemen. When I was a kid, you get people that are salutes, um, lampposts, and you you get to know these characters. A guy called Lenny the Lizard, as we used to call it. It was it was yeah, all these characters, or what you'd call a tramp. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Days. But that was that. Call him Un Uncle Travelling Max. Right there, you go. I mean, they were, but that's completely different. These, this were, I'm not saying that it was a, it was a, um, a lifestyle choice, or I think they had multiple and complex needs, the same as everybody else. And, and some were, like I say, were people that had come through the Second World War or Burma or Korea and then came back and they were damaged and there was no kind of, no infrastructure to help people like that then, I suppose. But I mean, in, in answer to your question, I think, I mean, you know, you see people, like, obviously, you know, yourself, you see people on the streets, you see rough sleepers. There's, there's also the, 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 the people in such poor housing, there's families that, that are, mm. you know, that are, it, there's the other more invisible people behind the invisible people that are already on the streets. It, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and especially now, I, I mean, I, for, I went for a walk. I went for a walk into town the other day, actually, a couple of days ago, and it was weird. Obviously, we were in the middle of we were the COVID pandemics upon us. But um, walking down Broad Street, it was eerie. It was so eerie. All that was moving was people in hard, hard hats and high-vis jackets. Building, although the tram line's going down, I saw these apartments, luxury apartments. Build your new home in, you know, in the, you know, all the, the who can afford those? 
you know, and 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 uh, I think the the reason why I, I, I th I've got a lot of time for shelter and St. Mungo's and people like that is they've got some muscle, I think, and they, and they in the way that they they're lobbying for decent social housing and pushing for fair rents. You know, that's that's another part of the scandal. My daughter, my eldest daughter, who lived in London near the Pembury Estate in Hackney, she lived in a flat, her and a boyfriend that was dreadful. All the clothes got damp, his asthma was was really ill, and the and it was completely unscrupulous landlord that says, You don't like it, you know, it's not me, it's the people up middle floor of a three-tier house blaming the other person who had the lease on the flat above, and you don't like it, you go, you, you know. And it's, yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, there the, the really is a need for decent social housing. It, again, the lyrics about giving a little change and will it be for food or will it be to help you to get to the next property? But I think it's really eloquently put that you say, um, rearrange your brain. And I guess people might think, well, I wouldn't give somebody money for substances. I understand why people may well be in that circumstance. And I think just to go, like we go, our oh, drug or drug addict, I think rearrange your brain is a really elegant way to put it. So then I just talk. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Lee. I th that, that particular lyric was, at the top of Broad Street, a guy came up to me and he said, have you got some money? And I went, yeah, mate, here's some money. There's a Greg's there. Shall I get you so Try and, he went, no, it's all right, I got myself, you know. I said, spend it on food, mate. You look like you could do something warm inside, something good to eat. And, um, and on the way back out, and I did my thing, and on the way back out, up one of the side streets off New Street, I saw the guy being poured into an ambulance, you know. Yeah, yeah. He collapsed. And probably maybe spice or whatever what what that was rife at the time, you know. Or, um, but he was out of it and and uh, just and uh, being poured into an ambulance. So it's a con it is a concern. It's like, uh, will my small change affect a little change, or is it just an aid for you to rearrange your brains? And it's a it's it's a concern, you know. Yeah. So I, I think you know. I think I think with that, log, nobody would ever like the thought that any money given would go that way. But I think. The, the bottom line is that at least you showed some humanity that day and that might st yeah. stick with that person a couple of, whether it be years, months, whatever, down the line. And he might just be able to go, you know, people do care because people just become so disconnected. And, and again, we don't know what's behind, you know, the traumas for that person and how they got there. But So, so then in, in the, one of the emails you sent me, you said you, at, at the times when you would go in the library and in, in your bedsit and stuff, that he was reading a, a poetry book by Bert Brechtick. And it says there, you said there was a line that says, all that lives needs help from all the rest. Well, there you go, Lee. It's like I was saying, sister, I, I was, at the time I was in the library, I, I did terrible at school. I left with no qualifications. I was told I was a dunce and I felt like a dunce. Like I was useless. The school I went to was mainly to chuck people out to the factories that were working then, that were busy at that time. Mm. So it was factory fodder, really. Yeah, a lot of us were. But I, 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 was, I didn't connect with school. So later on, I thought, I want to I I read. I want to I learn myself, you know. And, and one of the things I was interested in was, like, writing. And I read a lot of, like, John Steinbeck and... You know some of the you know grapes of wrath. I read that, and some of the I reread some of the books we did at school of mice and men and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I just to keep warm and all that. But this that was a poetry book that the and I'd heard about this guy David Bowie went on about this playwright guy called Bertolt Brecht, 
And um, and I'd seen, I'd actually, I saw one of his plays. We went from school to see one of his plays in, in Stoke-on-Trent the last year I was there. But it was just, it's that simplicity thing again. It, it's, it's a line in a poem that for some reason where I was, and I don't know why, but it lodged with me. And, it, and it's that line, all that lives needs help from all the rest. You know, it's the same as, same as people on the streets, you know, like you, like you said, everybody's got a story. You know, and it's so easy just to turn off, you know, or, but everybody has got, like it says in the song, all of these folks had dreams and cherished hopes, mm -hmm. you know. But now it, seem, it seems that life has got them on the ropes, you know. Um, I mean, if, imagine then, so if you were, let's just say now you were the, I don't know what you'd be, or me, or me the guy that was calling the shots, and they said, well, okay, what do you think could help fix this problem? of homelessness and people wandering the streets and becoming addicted to drugs, what would the solution be? Well, it's, it's, well, the solution for the homelessness, I think, is, is to build more decent, affordable social housing for people. To, first of all, to get a roof over people, somewhere decent that people can get themselves together. And, and um, that's, that's one, as far as the addiction goes, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I don't know. The, there's, a, there's a, you know, I've known a lot of musicians and artists, who's, and I have myself, who seek oblivion, you know, and um, there's something in us as humans that, 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 that pulls towards that. I mean, I think it's just, it's just, I should have thought about this, Lee, and I had a much neater kind of, I wish I had a neater answer to it. No, I, I mean, I think I think what you what the peer mentor scheme, the thing that you're doing there, it, people that have come through it and 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 helping others that are going through it, is about the most direct to show that you know mm. you're worth something. You know, you are worth. You know, you can you can get through it. And, and well, I and think you said it, again there, didn't you, Pete? Again, you just said, well, you know, I seek oblivion. So I mean, how more simple do you need? You know, and if we take out our own, uh, you know, our own bad thoughts about people, that that basically what anything like that is, you're seeking to to escape reality. So if that's the if that's the what it what it does, then the next question you've got to ask is, why does somebody want to escape reality? That's the question, isn't it? You know, it is. It is. You're right. You're right, Lee. It is. And I don't know the oh. answer. No, you know, we just got to keep trying, haven't we, Pete? Yeah. I mean, it, so, who, who, who were your idols? I mean, you've already mentioned David Bowie, but, you know, anybody else that kind of, you kind of looked at and directed you and give you some, got some paths in life to follow, or? When I was about 13 or 14, uh, in, the, in the early, kind of, mid-70s, industrial West Midlands, it was bleak, man. You know, it was it was really kind of you know three channels on the telly and all that and power cuts and stuff. And suddenly, for some reason, there's this this there's David Bowie appears on the telly, and I just I just um, tuned into that, and I became the only fan club I've ever been a member of. And I wrote up and I paid me one pound seventy five or whatever, and I used to be sent like stuff through the post then in envelopes, and. Um, but his lyrics were like opened up a world. It's like the colour was turned up on the world, and uh, he was a big, 
you know, lyrically, what he, he, the world that he created in his words was, was just, just amazing to me. And I was interested in, I didn't understand what he was on about, but I was determined to find out what he meant and listen to it and all that. And I just think he was, you know, the greatest artist of my lifetime, really, with his effect on me, on style and, and what he said and all that. And yeah, I just loved all that. Well, even then, Pete, he was talking about, you know, there was talking about, you know, people escaping reality, you know, ground control to Major Tom and stuff like that. So it's not... Oh, yeah. New music is just... I think it's a beautiful thing when people put the effort in, like like you have yourself, and kind of, you know, let's try and make a difference on on a different platform because I think we just need to get more people, like, involved, don't we? And that's how we, you know, we make change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right, Lee. I think you've got to ask this to, to a singer-songwriter. Is there any song that you ever wish was yours, had your name on? No. Oh. Apart from the stuff you've done yourself, but, you know, just, <laughs> oh, that's just uh, the best song ever. Oh, man, there's so many. And, and, it, and my favourite song changes kind of monthly, really. There's a, um, there's a great song called If You Go... Well, the English translate. It's a French song uh, by a writer called Jacques Brel who I really like. In fact, I've got a picture of him up there. Um, and it's a song called If You Go Away. You might know it. I, I mean, people are like, the Shirley Bassey did a version. I think it's, it's become like a, a, a torch song, a real powerful kind of, uh, but the lyric to that is so tender and the melody's so good. Um, if you, in fact, for any of your listeners, if you Google Jacques Brel, B-R-E-L, Wrote it down. And the, uh, well, it, then the song is Numa which means don't leave me uh, or don't leave. There's a great video, black and white video of him doing it straight to camera. It's in a pub. I think there's a dark, dartboard behind a, a pub in Belgium. And um, oh, I might be getting that mixed up with Marvin Gaye. That's just, that, but that's another story. Uh, Jacques Brown, Numa If I could write a song, I think that would be the one. It's, it's such a perfect uh song it's got everything in it and it's simple i mean see it's questions like that i think that you get to gauge people and uh, and really kind of understand that their own ethos and ethics and you know obviously why you've wrote the track because i mean you, you could ask some people that song and it'd be like well go for like the biggest ever selling track that made the most money and that's clearly not what you're about pete it's more like you know it was a it's a song that i love and and that's why i'm saying that I really like your answer there. Thank you. That's all right, man. Uh, That's a guitar behind you, isn't it, Lee? Do you play yourself? Do you know what? It's not. Everybody says that. It's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a sound surround speaker with my caps on. But I did, oh. I did one, you know, a couple of years ago, I did get a guitar and I did try. But I think I haven't got the... Um, I think it's one of them things. It, it was obviously something that, that was natural to you. Do you know what I mean, Pete? I'm not saying, obviously, you haven't had to work at it. But I think we have a natural gift. I think mine was, you know, always always pretty good at sport. I'd take to any sport. I wouldn't have to put much effort in. But trying to play the guitar, it was just like, you know, it was all, <laughs> all the time. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this. It's not enjoyable. It's hurting me. So that was. Well, I, I guess I'm lucky, Lee, in a way, because when I when I grew up, I'm off family off from my my dad's side of the family from Wales, from South Wales, from Barry. And the Christmas part, and my uncles played, and my dad played as a boy, played violin for, for a bit. Yeah. Because music was a big part of, 
you know, the culture and all that. But every Christmas it was like all the, all the family beers on the top of the, my uncle's piano. And it, so I was, music was around me. And they, these are yeah. my warmest memories growing up is when the family were together or, you know, all uh, singing and, you know, having a great time. So you said you was around music and the piano. So that's what kind of, and, and look, lo and behold, he turns out to be a singer-songwriter. So if you're around abuse and drugs as a child, where do you think you might go? Well, I think you're right. I think you're right. And that's, that's definitely been the case with, um, with people that I've known that have come from abusive backgrounds and, you know, not everyone, but, but it's, it, it is, you know, uh, yeah, these things do rub off on you. And, I, and like I say, I started out by saying I'm lucky and I consider myself very lucky. I had a nice childhood, you know, I was cared, cared for mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's, you know, it, it, it was good, really. Uh, you know, I was bullied a bit at school because I was a bit different and all that, like everybody was uh, to a certain degree. But uh, generally, okay. And I am thankful for, the, for that. Like, you know, my parents aren't around now. And I haven't got much family left. But um, those memories of, like, all singing songs around the piano, drinks and <laughs> fags on and all that, happy, smoke-filled rooms as, as kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was great. You know, and, and this, it, unfortunately, you don't, that was like practically every house, you know, music was a part of every family. I think that's gone a little bit now, you know. I consider myself a spiritual person without being, you know, too highfalutin about it or anything. But I do, I, you know, I try and be kind to people. I try and find, I try and find a, a chance to be kind to people if I can, rather mm. than being, a, being mean. And, uh, I, think that's the, I think that's the key message, any Pete, when we talk about uh, people that are worse off than us, you know, and, and this is what we're saying, certainly when we look at multiple and complex needs, you know, just give people a chance, like have a little bit of, um, you know, a bit of empathy, because you never know, it could be you or it could be someone in your family, you know, and would you wish anybody to kind of walk past them in the street and, and not spare a bit of change and stuff like that, you know? That's right, Lee. I think especially now, you know, it's always been you know you're earning you've got a job you've got a roof over your head you've got all this you know things can change very rapidly things can change very rapidly a tumble of events that will put you on the street put you on your arse and put you on the streets and uh, i think especially now it's it's you know it's a time for looking out for one another if we can you know and a time for pulling together because the alternative in these times is just you know hard to think about yeah. Not really. So, I mean, again, I'd, a great thank you. And again, you know, I'm not just saying this, however many people listen, I don't know. I'm not just saying this because you're here, but I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to some of your other stuff. So, Pete uh, Williams, he's not all about Dex's Midnight Runners and, and, and Gino and, you know, all that stuff. You know, very, very insightful music. Really enjoyed it, Pete. Thanks a lot, Lee. That's good um, of you, man. So... I guess the last question is, so you've made this uh, track. What, what does the future hold for you now? Well, as you can probably imagine, uh, Lee, we, uh, my industry, the music industry and the live, especially the live industry, is in a really uh, unsure position at the moment. We, we had got plans. I was, my fourth album, we were working on that just before lockdown. That's a bit, that's had to be shelved. We were due to play the uh, Mosley Folk and Arts Festival September the 4th this year. 
all, uh, with our friend Richard Hawley and uh, Passenger, the Water Boys were playing that. Um, that's been put back until next year. So there are plans. Everything has been kind of put back a year and everybody's keeping their fingers crossed that things are going to happen next year. I continue to write. I mean, we've got, I've got half an album, more than half an album written uh, for my next one. It's just, it's just how we do it, really. Uh, I mean, I, I wanted to put something out. You know, part of it is, to, is, is I want to help shelter. I, I, and, and like I say, all proceeds to, that I make from this go, goes to shelter. But part of it, it was also like, I'm still here. You know, here's something. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean let, let's not be naive. I mean, you know, you, you, you've got a job to do. And, you know, in, in that sort of, in your environment, you want people to hear and know. But I don't. I certainly don't get the impression from you that you've got no humility and it's certainly, you know, oh, can I, you know, could I make a number one hit at a million pound? You know, I think you're very humble and it's a, it's a nice, you like doing your music, it keeps you happy and also wouldn't it be great to kind of put that, and I get that from you, do you know what I mean, Pete? Well, so far, so far the response has been goodly. I mean, it was played on, right, on BBC London last Saturday on BBC Wales the week before. The, the response has been good. I'm doing an interview for WM tomorrow. They contacted me. They want to do a phone interview for the afternoon show. It's, the response is good. It's a good track. It's a track I'm proud of. If you can help people, it's direct what it's about. I think the lyrics are pretty straightforward and it's, and it's a good tune. It's played well. Um, you know, so hopefully, who, who, what, you know, what it amounts to in, a, in the grand scheme of things, who knows? If people are aware of, of shelter and it goes some way to help, then that's fine. I don't expect to set the world on fire with it. I'm not looking for a number one. <laughs> it's so, I haven't got a massive marketing budget or anything like that. It's just me contacting people saying, here's a track, have a listen if you want to play it. And so far, people have, people have been good. In a nutshell, the the, the whole lead worker peer mentor project and what we've just done now with the uh, continuation strategy about trying to put all what we learned over the four years of the project and influence other organisations to adapt the model. I had a little look through Bert Brecht and the, this one stood out to me, Pete. So it says, mixing our wine may be a mistake, but old and new wisdom mix admirably. That's good. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I, I looked at it and I'm thinking I might get a little bit more into this and read some more of his funnies. That's a great quote that you just, just did there, yeah. I've enjoyed my time talking with you, Pete. It's been brilliant. Uh, really nice guy. Really humble. Um, and yeah, I wish, not just wish you the luck with the, the road track, but all the stuff you do. Thanks a lot, Lee. Thanks for asking me, man. Thanks for your best. time. One, one last thing. Tell us where we can get the road record and all that. One last time. Okay. Get, you can download Road through my website and all my albums, my, my previous three albums. And it's www.petewilliamsmusic.com. If you go there, it's on the 30th of this month, Friday the 30th of October. There's also plans for, for um, social media uh, stream as well. So I'm doing that at the moment. I'm, work, I'm hoping to give it a bit more of a, make it a bit more, um, cover a few more platforms. But the website is the place to go to really. And that's where you can download it and, and get it instantly and get the sheet music if you want to, if you want to learn it on the ukulele, you can. Brilliant. 
Thanks again, Pete, and take care and all the best. Well, okay, Lee. Take it Thanks, easy, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers, bye. See ya. Thank you, Pete Williams, for your support and an absolutely gorgeous song, Road, which you, the listener, can find in our show notes. The track has been released free of charge, and those who'd like to make a donation to help us keep defending the right to a safe home, you can also find a donation link in the show notes. Challenging was created and produced by Shelter colleagues Christine Grover, Lee Dimitriou, Colette Carter, Tora Sutherland, and Becky Brynoff. To find out more about the Lead Worker Peer Mental Service, check our show notes for a link to the full social cost benefit analysis, or visit changingfuturesbham.co.uk forward slash our dash work, and then have a look for the Lead Worker Peer Mental Continuation Strategy, and from there, you can navigate to the full evaluation. Thanks for listening.